Hello and happy Tuesday, my friends. I'm Amy Lee San Juan, and I'd like to welcome you to a Cisco Champion Unfiltered episode, a Cisco Champion radio spinoff series that gives our champions a platform to have casual conversations around a variety of topics focused on technology, career, and other interesting stuff. Don't forget, if you like our podcast, please subscribe wherever you're listening to us. All right, today we have a phenomenal panel of women. So we are going to talk about being a woman in tech. We're going to learn how they got started, gain great insights through the experiences they share, and learn how they navigated some of the challenges they faced along the way. Ultimately, we are going to walk away with some great advice and respect for what it really means to find success in a male-dominated field. All right. I would love to get to introductions. I'm going to just go in alphabetical order. So, Denise, that means we're going to start with you. Okay. Hi. I'm Denise Donahue. I'm a solutions architect for Cisco. Been in the industry for, oh gosh, about 25, 30 years. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at, at Lady Networker. Oh, I like that. All right, Micheline, tell us about yourself. Hi, good morning, everybody. This is Micheline Murphy. Uh, I am a consulting systems engineer at WWT, which is a Cisco partner. Um, before that, I was a uh, field services engineer at CDW uh, doing uh, Cisco ACI implementations, design, troubleshoot, uh, build. And then before that, I was a trial lawyer. Um, very excited to be here. Talk about uh, what it takes to get here. All right. Rita, what do you do, my friend? Hi, I'm Rita Younger. I am part of the Global Solutions and Architecture team at Worldwide Technology. I'm very focused on building private clouds as well as hybrid clouds. You can find me at SDN underscore girl on Twitter. Awesome. Shala, who are you? Hello, I'm Shala. Um, people may know me across social media as Gifted Lane. Um, I recently transitioned into a cloud engineer, and within five months, I've now been moved into a cloud associate architect for WWT. I'm excited about that. Awesome news. Congratulations. Yeah, that's been kind of quiet, but yeah, that happened. And yeah, that's me. All right, Zoe, last but not least, what do you do? Hi, my name is Zoe Rose. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at RoseSecOps, and I'm a regional information security lead at Canon EMEA. So basically, I chat with people and explain why security is important and how I can help them enable their daily working in a secure manner. Wonderful. Okay, so I'm going to kick us off with the first question. Um, some of, well, all of you have very interesting stories, but how did you get started in tech? Rita, I'm, I, I want to start with you. Perfect. Um, I actually have a degree as a graphic designer. Um, so um, how I transitioned about four years out of college, um, I started teaching computer graphics. And then I had the opportunity um, to teach the MCSE, Microsoft, then Novell, and then Cisco. So. Uh, I always said who dies with the most certifications wins because I was collecting cert after cert after cert. Um, and that's how I began about 30 years ago. I love the fact that you talked about graphic design. I went to school for CIS and ended up doing graphic design because I decided I didn't want to do IT because school made it boring. 
And then about like four years after that, I found myself tossed into a lead network engineer role. And um, basically I was the person ordering lunches and stuff like that. And six months in, they're just like, this person's leaving, you wanna take their spot? I said, yes. And I ended up being a lead network engineer selling on ships out in the ocean, fixing stuff like that. So I like sharing that because you never know how you'll get in. There's no one way to get in. And that's also what I love about it. It just happens sometimes. Um, and there's also no like, oh, I started late. You start when you start. That's right. I had a slightly different experience. Um, I I got into tech because I, I, I guess I phrase it as um, I needed to be the person I needed 10 years ago. Um, mine wasn't the most positive journey in. I was uh, in a domestic abuse and violence situation and I wanted to figure out how to protect myself and so I wanted to learn about IT and technology and how it could be used against me. Um, I was an IT manager very young and I felt like I knew absolutely nothing Uh, and so I ended up going back to college after being a manager uh, because I needed that piece of paper to validate me. I felt like I couldn't prove that I was worth anything uh, without somebody else giving me that piece of paper. So then I started my own business after that. That's so cool, Zoe. Um, I'll go next. Uh, so I, uh, I was a trial lawyer, uh, a, a criminal defense lawyer for almost 20 years. And I was getting to the point where I, it, you know, the law doesn't change very much. I was basically doing the same thing over and over again. I was actually kind of getting, I know this sounds really funny to talk about like, you know, uh, 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 you know, what's what's cast on the TV as a very fast-paced job as being boring, but it was kind of getting just really repetitive. Uh, and uh, my husband goes one night, he says, well, you should look at this as an opportunity to do something different. And I asked him what he, what he, what he thought I should do because I had no idea. And he said, well, you should do what I do. I think he'd be really good at it. And I really had to look at him and say, well, what do you do? Because I had no idea. Um so, you know, I, I, he, he started out, he started his, the introduction by giving me the cert guide for the CCNA and I started reading and, uh, uh, it was fascinating. I was like, oh, this is so cool. Uh, you know, it was, it was, I thought it was like, you know, all these really cool, interesting tools, you know, there were, there were all, uh, I'm just a geek. I'm sorry. I found it it really interesting. I couldn't, I couldn't step away. And so then I decided, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. And, uh, that's been quite a few years now. And, uh, I really enjoy what I'm doing. Uh, I really enjoy, uh, the challenge of taking all of my old skills as a lawyer, all of the, what everybody in this industry calls the soft skills, uh, and blending them with the technology and, and figuring out where my niche is, where I can use all of those skills to the best of my ability. Because I think it's a fallacy to say that uh, the only skills that count in IT are your technical skills. And I think that there's a huge amount of um, unacknowledged value that people bring from whatever they were before they were in IT or whatever their life experience is um, that... Uh, you know, we should embrace those, uh, you know, extracurricular skills and make them part of our brand 
because they're all of our strengths, and that's what I'm. That's what I try. I've been trying to do. I think uh, I might be biased here, but I think as women, we just we have natural gifts and skills that you know apply to uh, what we what we do on a day to day. Or we've had to learn those skills, and I, I love that Zoe because actually the most helpful job I've had in this industry um, was the few years I spent as a nursery school teacher. <laughs> <laughs> totally burnt out. I was an economist. Um, had a way long road too. Um, quit to, when my children were young to raise my kids, owned, did a couple of companies, always fascinated by computers and technology, had a company taking computers into nursery schools and teaching them to kids back before you know people had them in their homes all the time. Got my, my uh, MCSE when I nursery school teaching didn't pay enough <laughs> and, and needed, needed more, and then had a company dealing with servers with small, small companies and they had to be hooked together. So we were hooking together with, you know, Bay Network switches and that kind of stuff. And then one of my customers wanted Cisco and I'm like, I'll learn that. That's cool. And I was just blown away. Like, wow, look what you can do with this stuff. I want to do this. Sold my company to my partner and just never looked back. So, you know, it's so cool to hear that, that there are so many paths that you can take to get to, where, you know, where you are that with something you love. Yeah. And what I what I hear kind of uh, throughout every story is that it took courage. It took courage to take that leap and to kind of believe in yourself. So, yeah, it might have been easier for Micheline and I, because we were both in as economists in law, both in fields where we were pretty much there were no women married. <laughs> there were like two women in my economics classes, you know, I, I was actually that's really interesting that you bring that up, Denise, because I was uh, I was in san jose uh a couple weeks ago and i'm just you know getting ready for my work day and i got the local news on and they're reporting on this 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 new study out that was done by the local law school about how there are so many fewer women and minorities in the legal field now and i'm like i'm not quite sure how this is news um but, you know, I, I get asked that a lot to kind of compare, well, how does the law compare to, you know, I, the IT? I'm sure they're so much more enlightened. I, I've, you know, my experience has really been that the, the law does not recognize its, its inequities quite just yet. So in terms of a field, I think IT, at least it's got knowledge, it's got awareness that it's got, you know, some problems that it needs to address in terms of, you know, women in the field and, you know, uh, and diversity and inclusion. So that there's hope there, <laughs> you know, awareness is the, always the first step, but, you know, just because you're aware that's, I mean, that's the starting point. That's not the ending point. And, you know, so it's always really a process, uh, to go through, but you know what I, I, I noticed as everybody was given their introductions is that everybody here just came to uh, technology by forging their own path. It's, I I feel like my my takeaway is that there's there's not a there's not a true one true way to get into IT, um, and so I think that that's really cool. Yeah, no, I mean my my journey was really convoluted. I started as wanting to fix in my own and secure my own environment, like my own home, my own person, myself, um, but then I went 
into networking, network architecture, then I went into offensive security, then I went into defensive security, and now I'm in a, I don't know what I'm called now. I, I, I think defensive security is the sexiest side of security, but, um, but that's kind of where I sit. But yeah, I think the journey I took was all quite natural. It was uh, as uh, as I think you you saw the show is that I'm a nerd and I like reading and I like learning and I like adventuring and seeing what I shouldn't do and what I can't do and I've broken a lot of things uh, but that actually helped me progress. <laughs> I've taken many systems offline, uh, not because I meant to. <laughs> <laughs> We're all laughing. I think the whole um, women in tech movement. Um, is very interesting because when the women in tech movement started, I wanted nothing to do with it because all I really wanted was to be the best darn engineer that I could be. And I didn't want to be thought as different, although I know my peers realized I looked a little different than them, Um, but I didn't want to embrace it. And I always think like technical women is more accurate for our group in particular Because if you've been to a women in tech event, um, you might sit at a table with 12 women and there's not a single engineer sitting at that table. So I like the term technical women. Um, When I started to embrace the women in tech is when my own daughter was a teenager. And I thought, you know what? This is a chance to embrace it and pave the way for the next generation, including my own child, who was also an SE. So... um, so now I embrace that women in tech label. And, and I think that, you know, for um, women in, in, in the tech industry, and, and I use that specifically versus, you know, women engineers, uh, you know, there are challenges as being an engineer and being technical. Uh, and then there are challenges just being a woman in the industry. And sometimes they're, you know, the same challenges and sometimes they're, you know, completely different challenges. I, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, still yet to be on a team where I'm not the only woman engineer, but, uh, just recently I was assigned to a new AM and I was so, I was, I'm I'm overjoyed. She's a woman. So for the first time, you know, ever, I'm like, Oh my God, I get to work with another woman. (laughs) You know, my hands are flapping and, you know, and uh, I'm super excited. And, uh, uh, and it ended up being a moment, uh, you know, just kind of one of those funny funny, funny kind of, uh, bonding moments to just be able to, to be able to share that kind of, look, there's another woman. Cause it's exactly <laughs> the way I, I met Denise. <laughs> yeah. That, at Cisco, at Cisco Live. Live, we were like, yeah, it's like, oh, two, look, there's another. Two short women. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> well, that's, that's, um, makes me think of, um, uh, when I moved to the UK, um, I remember, because when I when I went to college, I was the only woman in college, um, and my teacher actually asked me, um, "How do you feel as the only woman in this class?" Um, and I remember a couple of my classmates rolling their eyes, um, and then later on, I went to uh, we went to our co-op and we applied, and I had a couple classmates who were supposed to be my friends that said, "Oh, you only got only got the interview because you're a woman," and I remember thinking, "Oh, you know, maybe that's true," and I felt really bad. Um, later on. Uh, one of my friends that worked at that company, uh, they were at an event and the hiring manager did get a little bit intoxicated and admitted he uh, regretted not hiring me <laughs> because he said he was so impressed with my interview. And that actually 
weird story, but it gave me quite a bit of confidence. Uh, and then later on, I moved to the UK and I remember at this at one event and I met a lady that I now know quite well and respect very heavily. Uh, and she was just so warm and inviting. And I remember just feeling like, OK, now my career is different. You know, now it's changed because there's all these really lovely women. And since then, I've met so many absolutely brilliant women in IT, in security and, you know, all of these different highly technical um, positions. And it's just so encouraging. Um, and then working with a lot of uh, uh, women in um, in internships as well. All of my interns have all been female. Uh, and it's always, I don't know, it's, it's so different than when I started that it's just been such a positive experience. I think you bring up a really good point, Zoe, because it's, it's important to, to see what you can be that, you know, if you, if you don't see it, when you don't see other women, you don't, you don't know how to, who to model yourself on, which is a good, mm-hmm. a good reason, yeah, to, to kind of Im- put yourself out there like this to embrace some of the, the label. Yeah. Women in tech. Yeah. You, like you don't want to be seen. You just want to, as that, you just want to be seen as a good engineer. Cause that's all you care about. But for the, the next gen, for the others coming along, for the ones struggling, it's important to, to be out there and be seen. Well, the, the point you made Karida about um, your daughter being the difference is to changing your perspective um, that actually is similar to my perspective. Like, um, I'm, I always, every job I got was like, oh, I don't really want to ask for more money or I don't want to fight about wage because it's, it was very uncomfortable. But then when I was pregnant, I was actually quite, actually, I'm going to be very strict about what I expect from my income because I now have to support another person, you know, and it, it actually completely changed my perspective as well, uh, being a mum now. That's inter- that's really interesting you say that. I I took that op- the the opportunity for a career change to rethink myself uh, as well, like personally. So you know, as a a woman lawyer, I was always you know I you you fight for your clients all day long in court, and then and then you know there's this this idea that well you know I've got this record. You should just look at the record that I've got of you know my performance in court or you know my uh you know all of my, all the results that i get and that that should stand for itself and you you know at the end of the day when you're back back in the office and you have to scrap for you know every little bit and penny uh it's you know it's really hard and i think as women we are i mean we must get some kind of like subliminal message as girls that that's not something we should do that we shouldn't sh- we shouldn't have to scrap. We shouldn't scrap for the money that we, we think we deserve, or you know, or you know that, that that's bragging somehow. But you know what? The guys do it all the time, and uh, you know the guys are used to doing that. And 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 I think that men draw some conclusions about each other's self worth if a guy doesn't scrap for his own reputation. And so when I switched to IT. I, I determined I was going to be more forthright about what my abilities were. And it's not to say I want to brag and say that I can do everything because I can't do everything and I don't know everything, you know, but what I know, I know. And I'm, I, I just decided I'm just going to stand on what I know and, and be confident in who I am. And I, I, you know, I had just the other day a conversation with my boss and I said, you know what? I've been here almost a year. We need to talk about my promotion. 
and I was just out front, and I'm like, who is you. this woman? <laughs> Where did she come from, and how come I couldn't meet her, like, 20 years ago? <laughs> so, you know. Shala, you just got a promotion, so how, you yeah. know, did that, how, yeah. how was your experience with that? Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, the whole reason why I ended up at WWT was because I wanted to do something different. I knew there was a lot that I was capable of doing and I was ready for a change. It, you know, I started getting bored. It was a great company. Um, love my teammates, love my managers, all that good stuff. But I just, I know there was more for me to offer. And I keep joking that within the five months of being there, well, I can't say I'm bored, which is a good thing. I like that. So yeah, I just kind of, you know, showed up, did like what I normally do where, you know, kind of get tossed into the fire with one of my uh, first projects with the company. My project management side came out, my startup side came out, whatever. And uh, I also had like, you know, like there's a whole plan where for the first time ever, I had did like a, a career mind map. I had a study plan, all that kind of stuff. So everyone's just like, okay, this is where she's trying to get to, whatever. And because of my performance with my project and because of those things and them knowing where I wanted to go, they were just like, all right, we're going to put you over here and bam, now you're going to do, uh, you know, be a cloud architect, you, you know, at the associate level because cloud is completely new to me. So, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it, it was nice. It was exciting. It was, I guess, for the first time in my career, well, I guess except for me going from the office admin to the uh, network engineer is my second time in my career where I didn't feel like I had to keep going to my manager and say, all right, I'm ready to do something different. Okay. How can I pr get promoted? How can I get into a new job? Like, how can I do this, you know, instead of just staying in one spot? And yeah, it's, I, I like that a lot. And I will say IT definitely is one of those jobs that helped me get comfortable about asking for more money or my you know what I what I'm worth what my value is because you kind of just younger me is just like you know they're like oh I'm gonna pay you this and you're just like okay I'll take it you know but <laughs> IT you know it, it it gave me a lot of confidence to where I'm just like look I know what I'm worth I know what I'm capable of this is what I want and one of my favorite things from a male ally was you know just straight up when someone when they first go hey what are your salary requirements just straight up ask them what's the salary range for this job and they go for the high point you know and that way uh hopefully you're not leaving money on the table and I think it's just getting comfortable with yourself not feeling like um you don't deserve it because uh, again a male ally of mine is always constantly telling me to stop being so modest because I can be very modest <laughs> So, yeah, <laughs> I think we're taught that we're taught to be more modest. You, going back to Micheline, your subliminal uh, comment is not a tech story, but we are taught very, very young. And so my, my, my daughter was in softball and, and one season they came out with this booklet and it was a book of the softball players, the girl softball players and the boy baseball players. Well, the baseball players had these like full color, beautiful photos, individual shots, I mean, even the JV team. And then you go to the softball players, all the girls, and they were black and white. And you could tell that the quality was just night and day. So 
I'm very good with writing my words down. I sent the principal an email. I said, listen, we are already training our daughters to expect less than their boy counterparts. And you may not be doing it purposely, but when they see this and they see that less has been invested in highlighting who they are than the boys, you're telling them that they're worth less. And so the very next year I saw that book come out again and it was all color. The girls had their color photos, they had their individual headshots. And I, as a mom, I was so proud of myself for, <laughs> for raising it. But we are, we are. Those, there are the subliminal messages that tell us like we are less worthless than, you know, our male counterparts. So, yeah, and I, and I think the flip side to that is that, you know, for women who do succeed in a male dominated field, I know I had to do this as a lawyer. I know I have to do this as a, in, in, an IT, as an engineer, your baseline performance as a, as a technical professional has to be higher than you know, the average male Joe, because you're, you have to compete against that, that kind of that cloak of invisibility. <laughs> I don't know what to call it. I mean, it, but it is definitely a barrier of, of being seen as, you know, at the same table that, that we have to overcome. And, and, you know, women who succeed in, in like, like, like I said, either the law or here, they're just, used to performing at a higher level and I gotta tell you sometimes it's just exhausting (laughs) yeah but how do you how do you get around that how do you either educate men or I don't know become more man-like like Like when I was teaching Cisco classes I took up football so so that I would have something to talk to the male students about on Monday mornings you know how do you get around that though how do you, you know, how do women now coming into the industry cope with that? So Denise, I wanted to mention um, credentialing because it's something that I did and didn't even realize I was doing it for years and years because of unconscious bias. If I would walk into a customer meeting with a male account manager, then the customer would automatically assume that I was in sales or marketing or his assistant. And so I'd always introduce myself. I'm Rita, I'm a solution architect, whatever my title happened to be at the time. And then state, I have my CCMP, I've got this many years of experience, and I always had to credential. And that is exhausting. So then I heard um, one of the senior VPs at Cisco talk about credentialing and how she said, I'm no longer credentialing. And I said, wow, I bet all kinds of women and those underrepresented in the field do the exact same thing. And so at that point, I decided no more credentialing. I'll let what comes out of my mouth speak for itself without saying exactly how much experience I have. No, that's a really good point. Like I, I do that. I used to do that all the time as well. I can't even tell you the number of audits I went on. Like I was running audits and people just assumed I was the business analyst. I was the, you know, I was just the non-technical person doing compliance. And I was, I had to present just like you said, Rita, I had to say, well, you know, this is my background. This is my experience. um, This is how long I've worked. And I remember one audit I was doing where I had to stop in the middle of the audit and say, you know what, let's stop for a second. I want to tell you my background because they were trying to get around all my questions, pretending, or talking down to me, they're very condescending. It was a huge table full of 
people a little bit later in their career and a little bit more used to being viewed as the authority and this young lady um, at the time I was very young uh, came in and was questioning them and so they were talking over me and talking around my questions and I was like no we have to stop for a moment and I need to tell you who I am and I did that whole credentialing I told them about my experience I told them that I was very technical and at the end of the, that the meeting completely flipped and they a couple of them got quite red um, it didn't go the way they were expecting um, maybe not as positively as they were expecting because I couldn't get around a lot of my questions but um, but it was really exhausting it was really exhausting because every time I had to do that and if I didn't I would have to stop in a meeting to do that and as I said I, I originally had started my own business and I remember going to clients and I, at one point I had hired a contractor because I had a client with a very specific need and it wasn't a skill I had and so I brought somebody in to join me on this project and the client I asked them questions in the scoping and they directed all their answers to my my colleague who was male, younger than me as well, which I thought was funny, but they directed all the questions to him and he would look at me like, I'm just here to listen, like, why are you talking to me? And, um, and it took me a long time to realize that. And I mean, a long time. It's probably only recently that I've kind of really understood how to get around it. Um, one of the things, one of the most important things is having that support in your team. So my manager, we when we go into meetings or um, in emails, he always backs me up. And having that support from somebody else is knowing that it's needed, but it's really, really helpful because from then on, that, that kind of negativity doesn't come, you know? You know, I think the... Uh, unconscious bias, I think we are just as responsible as the men or whoever we're working with. Um, I was at Cisco Live and standing near um, a booth and a woman from another booth walked up to me and said, oh, I guess you're in marketing. And I'm like, uh, no, no, I'm an engineer. Thank you. Um, but yeah, we have to kind of check ourselves as well. Um, you know, we expect everyone not to have unconscious bias towards us, but we also need to, you know, when we see that female pilot, not be shocked and things like mm -hmm. that. Well, one, one thing I thought was really cool is um, I was speaking at a conference and this lady was presenting her talk about um, uh, diversity and encouraging diversity, hiring a diverse, but also supporting a diverse team. And one of the things that I took away and I, I approach um, on top of my unconscious bias training, I've actually taken formal training on that. I think it's very important. Um, and companies that offer it, I think, is a huge benefit to them. But um, on top of that, anytime I go into an interview, I always think, what am I actually looking to fill this role? Because she said one of the challenges people face is they hire in their own image. So if you are, you know, for me, um, I... I'm hands-on, I like tech, um, and I love networking. I think networking is really, really brilliant, and obviously I'm a security person. Um, so when I go in, you know, if you have a networking background, I'm like, yeah, okay, I get that, that makes sense. But I have to remember, diversity in a team is not just gender diversity, it's also skill diversity, it's also your own life experience diversity, it's cultural diversity. And so thinking, okay, 
why am I thinking that this is more impressive than this skill? You know, what's the actual logic behind that to think about and bring forward that unconscious decision and make it more of a conscious decision so that I also don't run into a situation where I'm actually causing issues. And I think, you know, hiring for diversity is really important, but I think more important is inclusion. And so what I do now is if I hear of an associate SE that's female, I'll ask when they're going to be in town, ask them to go to lunch. Um, And I think it's really important for those of us who are much later in our career to really embrace those that are younger in their career so that we become uh, their mentors, we can become their sponsors. Um, I think it's really incredibly important that they see somebody who looks like them um, in these typical roles that are male dominated. And I think that's really interesting that you bring that up, Rita, because it, it's, you know, you might be like deluded into thinking that this is, oh, this is just being, you know, um, extra special for, fo- you know, to to women or extra special to minorities or whatnot. But, you know, going around the room and asking everybody for input in a meeting makes the, the conversation more robust and it includes everybody and in the thought process not but it's also i mean you get like this double this double bang for your buck because you know not only are you including people who you might not have included from before uh if you were just asking you know you know this the the people who look like you or who, who are in the same role now you're getting diverse ideas in the room you know that just makes for good design conversations i mean that's just doing your job as an engineer yeah both both my manager and uh, a manager of another team on every call we have at work he they always take a minute in in calls that are quite quite a bit bigger and say oh you know you've been quiet through this call do you have do you have a comment to share not to call the person out but it's it's often led to situations where i've been able to talk when some people maybe didn't quite let me speak because they're used to I don't know I don't know they just tend to talk over me sometimes I think Rita you said this a a few times is you know when we have a softer voice it's sometimes easier to talk over us Um, I think another part uh, another thing that I personally had was actually Rita you you specifically uh, I had a very negative experience at a conference one time and I didn't even know Rita and I reached out to her on Twitter because I know his da- her daughter um, and asked her oh did you did you see this and you know it, it was it how did you perceive it because I don't understand what happened and we talked through it and it made a huge difference for me because you know you're a very uh, impressive person in industry so it's nice to have that you know you you see somebody you respect and able to get their insights into a situation and realize that maybe it was it was actually not my fault <laughs> exactly and that's why this community that we all have with Cisco Champions is so so very important so we may only see each other in person at Cisco Live um, but we keep in touch via Twitter, follow each other, support each other. Yeah, another thing that I tend to do is um, quite recently I nominated uh, quite a few ladies I know for um, some uh, awards and I think I, I got a couple messages privately being like, oh, do you know about this thing? What, what is this? I just saw it and, you know, what what is this? And I just remember just sitting there smiling because I didn't tell anybody I nominated them, but it's just really exciting to see, you know, 
them realizing that somebody out there thinks they're impressive, you know, and it's, 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 I don't do it to get them to say thank you. I do it because I want to recognize them. And I also want other people to see how amazing they are. And it's not something that they would be able to do themselves. I mean, that's very cool. No, that kind of makes me think of something like, um, kind of, kind of related because yeah, we don't often show up. It's how we show up. How do we show up? We show up as with all this information in our background, all these subliminal messages, all these things we've been taught. Um, how do you psych yourself up for walking into a room with authority or walking onto a video conference with authority and speaking with authority? I think that comes with practice. I, I was, yeah, I think it comes with practice. I remember uh, my very first workshop uh, as an IT professional, and I was being shadowed by uh, one of my peers. It's a great guy, don't get me wrong, um, but it was a guy. And so I, you know, was conducting the workshop and I'm kind of teasing these uh, responses out of the engineers that I'm working with. And I'm, you know, I'm gently shepherding the conversation along so that they eventually will get to the conclusion that I want them to come to, which is, you know, you know, don't do that. That's, that's just, you know, that's just dumb. You're influencing them, influencing yes. them uh -huh. <laughs> to make yeah, their decision. <laughs> Whereas a guy Sometimes, might just say that's just dumb, but yes. Yeah, and, and afterwards he pulled me aside and he's like, you know what, you're the expert in the room. You should just tell them what to do. You're like, sounds too easy. <laughs> if I was a guy and, <laughs> yeah. I, and, and, I, right. and I had been given the authority to command the room like that, yeah, you could do that. But, I mean, that that just tell them what to do assumes that they'll actually follow you. And, you know, so that, you know, all those extra steps that women have to take in order to be able to get the same, you know, kind of end end product as a, a guy just standing up there and saying, Hey, you should just do this is, you know, part of what makes, you know, it, I, it's exhaust. I had to do it as a, as a, a lawyer too, because, you know, you got to be able to stand up in the pit and tell the jury what you want them to do, but you have to be, you, you know, you have to like pull a march on them and, and tell them what to do without telling them what to do. So, you know, go figure. Well, does everybody else find that too, that they don't, well, you can't just speak right out? I was going to say, like, for me, when I first started out, it's like this balance. Um, and then there's like a couple of things, because I also don't look my age, no matter what I do, I quit trying because um, I'm much older than I appear. <laughs> so <Not a> there's, <laughs> it's not, but sometimes it can be annoying. Um, it is annoying. So there's that. I, I run into the same issue. <laughs> I'm in my 40s now, and I, I, people think I'm out of college, so. Same. Yeah. So <laughs> if you, I still get asked if I'm an intern, and I'm just like, I'm, I'm pushing 40. But anywho's. <laughs> there's there's that but then there's also the balance of especially when I was doing the network thing um there's like this balance of yeah I just kind of go in and I'm like this is what needs to be done because when I'm your team lead lead engineer kind of like this this is what we're doing and this is why but finding that balance of where for some reason I guess as me being female not coming across as being bossy Mm. you know mm. so too assertive or too assertive yeah I got lots of nicknames early in my career I'll say that uh, yes lots of them 
I took them as uh, badges of honor, but you know, I, I once but, had a boss call me, my manager, a woman, tell me I was too bossy. <gasps> no. Wow, there's yeah. that uh, that bias again that we were just talking about. I am no longer at that company. Okay. That's one of the reasons <laughs> Good for you. Yeah, but no, I, I I remember earlier in my career, I overheard two colleagues talking, and it was um uh, a man and a woman uh, speaking, and she was talking about, and I was being naughty and uh, listening to other people's conversations for full disclosure. Um, I was only eighteen at the time, I think, so my justification there, but I was listening on somebody else's conversation, um, and he was, she was talking about how to get. Um, authority how how in email I think it was because she was struggling a lot with clients and he said you know what I you have certs uh, it, she, they weren't in uh, IT to be clear um, you, you have certifications you have um, your I, I don't know they have different there's like little short letters which is like certifications for us but it was like different achievements they had um, and he's like put them in your email signature because because you're a woman you have to you know, you have to do what we talked earlier about. Of, um, uh, I can't remember the term we used, but talk, yes, credentialing, that's the word. Um, he said, you know, if you do that, by default, they can see your achievements and actually they may change the way they talk about you uh, or talk to you. And I remember thinking, oh, that's a really good idea, not having any certs myself. Um, and so I changed the way I presented myself. So I would dress up, up more formal. Now is a bad example because I'm wearing a hoodie. But in earlier in my career, when I looked a lot younger, I would dress a lot more formal. I would wear really, really high heels because I wanted to be taller because I'm very petite. Um, and uh, and then I went to Cisco Live, ran around in a cape and realized, I don't think I want to do this anymore. I want to walk nice. around in a bloody cape. <laughs> uh, and so I think, yeah, I, I think it, it's it's... A bit of how do you build your confidence? So for me, it was dressing up and looking taller to the point where then you already got that confidence. And so you can present yourself with the confidence. Um, so, for example, I did uh, there's a TED talk talking about um, the superhero pose and how before a talk, if you like stand taking up space uh, you actually are more confident and so I use that when I do public speaking for example but also you know dressing in a way that makes me comfortable and me confident so I can I'm internally confident and externally I can present it as well the power suit is a real thing let me just tell it you is. Yes, it I is because I have a closet full of power suits you know and if I had to close that day that that suit's coming out and you know you'll hear me coming down the hall so, and I got like, um, I got these clunky heels, really heavy clunky heels so that you could literally hear me coming down the We hall. can hear your presence. Yes, exactly. Nice. Yes. I need you to get a new power suit. <laughs> and power They're shoes. Awesome. Power but shoes. But in IT, what is the equivalent though? <laughs> Especially khakis, now that we're all remote. and a polo? Yeah. No, 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 no khakis and a polo. I, I think that I think that clothing I still I still wear like formal clothing when I talk to senior leadership because I want to present myself in the context that they're expecting. Um, if I talk to my boss, I'll wear a hoodie because he doesn't care. He already respects me. Um, but I also, to be clear, I also make a point of building that personal relationship early on. Like when I started at my current role, I was eight months pregnant. I was ready to have a baby when I started. And I only had three weeks to work before I went on maternity. Shocker that they hired me, I'm not going to lie. But 
because they knew. But um, but in those three weeks, instead of meeting or like designing what everybody was going to do whilst I was away and everything, the first thing I did is I prioritized be- meeting people and building that personal relationship so that I could build that trust so that when I talked to them, when I came back after having a baby, um, I already had that relationship and I already had built that trust and I had that respect. Didn't work in every situation, but it made a difference. Back to what Denise was saying when she said khakis and a polo. I intentionally don't dress like my male colleagues. <laughs> I will be the one wearing the dress, not carrying a backpack. Um, yeah, I intentionally dress different because I'm feminine and I want to be seen as feminine. I gotta, I gotta tell you, Rita. You know, uh, you know, as an implementation engineer, jeans and a polo made sure sense if you were crawling around in the data data center. Now that I'm in pre-sales and I'm wearing the polo and the jeans all the time, I kind of hate it. <laughs> I really kind of do, and I'm like, I gotta like find my own style here because this sucks. Well, you could go to Milan in Fashion Week and see how fancy all those people looked. Gosh, they were beautiful. <laughs> Maybe not that far, but you know. <laughs> your, your discussions around you. salary would have to New York early. Fashion Week. I know. <laughs> yeah, you could, do that. you could do that. Or you could do what I did at Cisco Live and wear a cape. And wear a cape. <laughs> All right. Well, I think this is a good place to close. I think there's a lot that we can discuss, so we're going to have to have a second part to this episode. So looking forward to that. But wonderful conversation, ladies. And, of course, before we close, I always have to remind our listeners Please subscribe or follow on Cisco Champion Radio so you can receive the alerts when we release an episode. I hope you all enjoyed today's conversation. We'll see you next Tuesday. 